Let us worship God. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Luke. The apostles said to Jesus, Increase our faith. Jesus replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me, while I eat and drink. Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, 
say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
When actress Nichelle Nichols died on July 30th at age 89, her New York Times obituary had the headline, She Helped Show America a Different Future. Nichelle was famous for her portrayal of Lieutenant Uhura on the original Star Trek, the cult-inspiring space adventure series in the 1960s. She was among the first black women to have a leading role on a network TV series. Up until her, black women, if they appeared at all on television, were almost always maids or nannies working for rich white families. Her character was an officer, highly educated, well-trained, with a business-like demeanor, but also a striking beauty that provided an element of sexiness and fashion sense on the Enterprise spaceship. Ebony Magazine called her the most heavenly body on its 1967 cover. In 1968, along with William Shatner's Captain Kirk, they shared the first interracial kiss in television history. It was a substantial role, but a supporting one, and despite the high media profile, she still experienced discrimination and what we would today call microaggressions, which she found wearying and demeaning. She was ready to leave the show after the first season. Then she attended an NAACP fundraiser in Beverly Hills when the organizer introduced her to someone he described as your biggest fan. He's desperate to meet you, the organizer said. The fan, Dr. Martin Luther King, introduced himself. He said, we admire you greatly for what you've done. She thanked him and told him she was about to leave the show. He said, you cannot, you cannot. Dr. King told her that her role as a dignified, authoritative figure in a popular show was too important to the cause of civil rights for her to give it up. For the first time, we will be seen on television the way we should be seen every day. Have faith that you are making a difference. That following Monday, Nichelle Turn told Gene Roddenberry, the creator and producer of the show, that she would stay. Now her name means freedom in Swahili, and in that spirit, Nichelle quietly fought for inclusion. In the 1970s, she went on a nationwide tour of universities and professional organizations, encouraging the country's top women and people of color who were scientists, engineers, and mathematicians to apply for the astronaut program, and they listened. Consequently, and along with the recorded public service announcement she did on behalf of NASA, people like Sally Ride, the first female astronaut, Charles Bolden, a former Marine Corps major general who flew on four space shuttle missions, 
and became the first African-American to head NASA, and Mae Jameson, the first black female astronaut, were recruited for spaceflight training because of Nichelle. In a 2011 interview with Nichelle, the black astrophysicist author Neil deGrasse Tyson said that thanks to her efforts, the space shuttle was the first astronaut program that better reflected America and praised her help for the cause of diversity in space exploration. Her presence and encouragement meant all Americans would be there for the future in space. Nichelle Nichols kept the faith instilled in her by Martin Luther King. In our gospel, the disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith, a request all of us can relate to. We yell out in a crisis, dear God, do something. Give me the strength to get through this mess. The disciples no doubt felt overwhelmed by what Jesus was asking them to do. Carry your cross, give away your possessions, love your enemies, forgive even if someone sins against you seven times a day. So what could be wrong with asking to make their faith stronger? It sounds reasonable, but Jesus doesn't quite see it that way, though his response shouldn't be read as scolding, but rather as reassuring. He's not talking about literal mustard seeds, oceans, mulberry trees, or slaves. He's exaggerating to make a point. He's satirizing the idea that faith is quantifiable, as if it could be plotted on a line graph saying, I have 25% more faith this year than last year. Faith doesn't increase like magic. It's not an emotion or capacity per se, but I, I think what Jesus is describing here is not faith as something we have, but something we do. If you remember in many of the miracle stories, Jesus applauds the faith of those who approach him, commenting, your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you well. Such faith I haven't seen in all of Israel. What exactly have these people done to elicit such praise from Jesus? They have persistently turned to Jesus and trusted in his power and authority, willing to ask him for what they need. Jesus is saying they have faith already, even the size of a tiny mustard seed. What they have to offer is enough. The key is to act on it, to do faith. The church tells us we were given this faith in our baptism, that we already have everything we need. If we don't know what we have, the resources that are there all the time, we cannot use it to make happen what we want to make happen. We don't need more, just confidence in what we have. And we can trust God is increasing the fruits of our faith in inconceivable ways. Jesus is saying, faith is known through lived experience that can only come through practice. Quality 
not quantity, is what matters. That putting faith into action is the only way for it to grow. I like the Heidelberg Catechism's definition of faith as a wholehearted trust which the Holy Spirit creates in me through the gospel, which is lived out as a life of service to God. This is the whole point of Jesus' parable of the unworthy slaves or servants, and it can be translated either way, an analogy which is problematic for us since we repudiate slavery. I think Jesus is referring to slaves or servants not as socioeconomic entities, but as a devoted relationship marked by mutual accountability and expectations expressed through service. God gives us what we need to do the task God asks us to do. We learn to serve in love as a response to God's grace in our lives. Jesus is saying, do faith and faith will increase. Do faith and the amazing fruits of that faith will reward you. The seed analogy is helpful. The tiny seed contains growth for a lifetime. The shell of a seed is very hard. In nature, it must respond to the sun's warmth for the shell to crack. God's love cracks our shell, opening God's movement in our soul so eventually we can say yes to God's direction for our lives. God can magnify our mundane activities in incredible ways. So we can do big things with seemingly limited resources. Like the unfolding growth of a seed, faith is a gradual process of trusting Jesus one step at a time, one small deed after another. But gradual can easily be mistaken as silence. I recall that scene in the film Love and Death where the Woody Allen, and yes, I know, some of us have problems with him, but his character turns his eyes toward heaven and says, give me an answer, God. But nothing happens, and so he tries again. Just a few words will be fine. Again, no reply. Then he begs, how about just a cough? There is the fear there that no one is there. Yet, this is where faith comes in. We're hoping for something we can't yet see or hear, but acting as if it's already happening among us. I believe this distinction is crucial for World Communion Sunday, because even though our denominations stress different aspects of spirituality, especially in the way we interpret the Lord's Supper, it is our common calling in doing and living out faith as service to God that unites us together while allowing us to celebrate the diversity, that expanding circle that exists within our Christian tradition. Thus, any communion we have can be hospitable rather than divisive. What matters is not how big and strong our faith is, but what God can do with even the smallest amount of trust we can offer. Our goal might seem impossible or a crazy vision, 
but we continue to act as if it can happen no matter how long it might take to be fulfilled. A few years ago, a collection of Mother Teresa's writings entitled Come Be My Light detailed her many years of spiritual despair and a sense of God's absence and abandonment. Winner of the Nobel Peace Prize, she was revered as a model of self-sacrifice and compassion because of her decades of ministry among the sick and dying on the streets of Calcutta. She writes, I call, I want, and there's no one to answer, no one on whom I can cling. Even deep down, there's nothing but emptiness. This living saint didn't even get a cough. Soon after her work in the slums, this dryness and darkness and loneliness began. Yet despite her inner spiritual struggles, she continued her ministry in Calcutta among the desperately poor. But in giving up that felt sense of joy and assurance in God's presence, she had faith and acted as if it were there. Mother Teresa expanded her ministry worldwide, touching the lives of thousands of suffering people. Nichelle did her work during a time when, despite advances made in civil rights, there was and is discrimination and racial injustice, yet she kept faith that this country would ultimately remain true to its core convictions that all people are created equal. So she kept promoting diversity in space exploration. Like Mother Teresa, she trusted in a God bigger, deeper, more loving and compassionate than we are, who was alive and working through us. So her activism bore fruit later on. And yes, Nichelle was a practicing Presbyterian. <laughs> sure, there are times when we're waiting for that cough from God. But we're called to keep doing faith and seeking the things of God, even when their pursuit seems thankless, perfunctory, difficult, or pointless. And we're only able to take very small steps, one tiny action at a time. God magnifies our efforts in ways we can't even begin to imagine or understand, like that mustard seed sprouting into growth. Beloved community, with mustard seed faith, Nichelle Nichols and Mother Teresa poured themselves out in love, and it moved mulberry trees. We can do that as well. So later, Jesus can say to us, as the master said to his servants, great job. You have done what I asked you to do. Come, take your place at the heavenly banquet.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God. Sacred is the call, awesome. 
holy God, you have fed us in word, in silence, in song, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. Do faith, act with justice, love tenderly, serve one another, and walk humbly with our God. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be loved, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.